take two. Take two and two, one. This is as close as we can get to the base of the World Trade Center. You can see the firemen assembly, the firemen here, the police officers, FBI agents, and you can see the two towers. A huge explosion now raining debris on all of us. We better get out of the way. And just like that, they were falling. It was crazy times. Before we introduce you to our next well, I am going to introduce you to our next guest. We have Frank Donahue here with the Nixon PD, but back in 2011 with the New York Police Department. I got to tell a little funny story on Officer Donahue here. So it's my daughter's 16th birthday, and we had gotten her little car, and she was going to come over. You remember we were over at the park? And I was going over to the park to surprise her, and she was going to meet us there. I had a friend bringing her over, Lisa, and her and her daughter were going to drive her over, and we were over there with the car hidden, kind of hidden, just kind of like trying to surprise her, right? Right after school, she just got her driver's license. You know, it's kind of fun stuff. Well, Officer Donahue's just doing his normal patrols of Rotary Park over there, and I said, hey, come over here, come over here. So he comes over and takes his car and blocks it. Looks like we're kind of in trouble, like we're pulled over, and it's just all kind of sitting there. So when she came around the corner, and then all of a sudden he moves the police car for us, and then she gets her 16th birthday. So that's the kind of guy this guy is, you know? That's that's, that's a cool deal. Then he turned on the lights and sirens and, you know, made it all kind of a fun deal. So, But that's not why we have you here today, bud. So you were um, serving with the New York Police Department for 18 years up to the point of 9-11. Is that correct? Yes. So how did you get into, what what made you want to become a New York police officer way back when? Well, uh, mainly my father. He was a retired detective from the police department. He he was back in the 70s. And uh, that's when I was growing up. So, um, So that was like, it's in your family. So that's like yeah, but I was I was one of thirteen, and I was the only one that followed in his footsteps. You had thirteen or twelve brothers and sisters. Yes, I did. Wow, <laughs> wow, that's a family right there. Mm. <laughs> well, that wouldn't that was kind of common back then, okay. though, back in the nineteen seventies. But from I, I had to sleep standing up, it was a crowded yeah. house. Oh, so wow. what I'm thinking about this: so you lived in New York City, or you lived out in the? I lived in Brooklyn. Like, what was your house Brooklyn. like? How big was your house? It was three stories. It was uh, old. Victorian type of house yeah. in uh, Flatbush, Brooklyn. Wow! And so there was, there was enough room. There was plenty of room. Yeah. And talk wow. about sharing a room. You shared no room kidding. with Lisa, brother or two, huh? Yeah, I do. There was, you know, throughout the years, you would switch up, and mm-hmm. you know, I, yeah. you know, so you I don't want to sleep with in the same room with that guy anymore, and I get kicked out <laughs> and have to sleep with a different set of brothers, you know. So. It was, so you grew up with your dad in, in law enforcement as a detective, and then you chose that that's what you wanted to do uh, once you were old enough to to go into to get your to become a police officer, right? Correct. So you joined New York Police Department. What was it like being a – that would have put you as a police officer in the 1980s and 1990s. What was it like? 83 is when I joined. 83? Yeah. So what was it like being a New York Police Department officer back in the nineteen late mid-80s? Well, it was uh, – I worked um, – I started out in Queens for my training mm-hmm. period once I got out of the academy, and it was kind of a nice area, Queens, and um, I was itching to get into some excitement like all rookies are, you know. Right. And um, I wound up going to Manhattan, and I worked in uh, the Midtown South precinct, which was in Times Square. There were two precincts in Times Square, Midtown South and Midtown North. So we covered 42nd Street and uh, uh, Grand Central, Madison Square Garden, um, uh, Macy's and so so, so you were you were in places. Times Square in the late eighties and nineties when it was just a crazy 
mess down there back then. Yeah, it was, um, the crime rate was very high, mm-hmm. and um, it was, um, you know, it, they had a banner in the precinct that said, busiest in the world, because mm-hmm. we handled more radio runs than any other precinct throughout New York City. So by the time that we get closer to 9-11, so 2001, what was your, where were you stationed at, and what was your rank at that point? Okay, so I was a detective, and I was working in the first precinct detective squad. I had been there about a year already. Mm-hmm. How long had you been on the force total at this time? Eight, 18 years? 18 years okay, at 18 that years. point, yes. So were you on duty th- that morning? No, I woke up to the clock radio. I woke up to, um, I don't know if you ever heard of uh, Curtis Lewer. He ran for mayor of New York. He had a radio. And he's still running now? He's like, where's the red uh, the, the red. Um, beret hat yes like, yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah he so. started the guardian angels yeah and he had a radio show on with this uh other guy curtis kuby now of course curtis is on the right and kuby is on the far left yeah he was like a lawyer worked with this other guy consular and um anyway um so the clock radio go, goes off and um i'm married at the time with my wife nicole who was in her uh ninth ninth month of pregnancy with our daughter shannon and um, uh, he's, they're talking about a plane crashing into the uh, World Trade Center. On the radio? Yes. Okay. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's a big deal. And uh, I was scheduled to work election duty because it was the primaries for the mayoral race. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. So yeah, um, I remember that now. Yeah. Yeah, I do remember now that you said because they didn't have the primary. I mean, they, they had the extended and all the vote. It was right. crazy. That's, yeah, of course, it got canceled out. Yeah. But uh, they claim... Actually, people were voting already, so they there's a claim that you know that probably saved thousands of lives because people were showing up late for work because they voted because we're voting they right. Yeah, I'll be yeah. So um, so I, I'm saying this is a big deal. You know, yeah. I'm wondering if they're gonna cancel my my uh, detail for that day for that afternoon, but um, and I'm thinking, but it's you know it's probably a small plane. A Cessna or something that crashed, you know, and it's a terrible, big tragedy, yeah. having no idea what was about to happen next until we got up, turned the TV on, and seen a second plane hit. And even then, you know, I'm still trying to process what the hell's going on. Yeah. And um, I think we all were. Yeah. I think. You so know, you're watching on TV, you're, you're, yeah. the second plane, you saw it like the rest of us fly into the tower. Yes. At what point in time did you know? I mean, because you're a police officer, a detective. Yeah. What point in time did you know? No, this isn't right. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's, moments later, I'm saying this is an attack. You know, um, I don't, I don't know if I uttered the words or not, but yeah, I'm just you know. thinking it was, and I'm pretty sure people on TV were saying it was an attack at that mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. Just joining us, we're talking to Officer Frank Donahue, who was a detective with the New York Police Department uh, on 9/11. Had been with the department for 18 years, and so. Growing up in the city, growing up in New York, now you, you, you loved, I'm sure you loved your community. You loved your town. Now they're attacking your town. How'd that make you feel? Uh, I was, um, <clears throat> more than I could take in at the moment, you know, yeah. but yeah, it was, it was horrendous and, um, and, and not to jump too far ahead, but, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> at some point I was wondering, are we ever going to come back to normal? I, I was very proud to live in New York and mm-hmm. be from New York. Mm-hmm. And, and the trade centers, I knew that I saw them being built. Wow! And you know, I, I remember the very first time I went there. You know, when I was a teenager, when they were just opening up and going through there, and they're 
it was many parts of it still under construction, like the interior and all, like uh, in the in the mall lobby, you know, with the stores being built and yeah. all. And 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 I used to. Um, <clears throat> At one point, we moved from Brooklyn in 77. We moved out to Jersey, so I would have to uh, um, take a bus to Journal Square and then take a path train into lower Manhattan and right um, underneath the trade centers was where the path train where I would get out and I'd walk through the lobby of the South Tower and I'd come out and I worked right across the street in uh, Brooks Brothers uh, for, for a few years when I was mm -hmm. in high school. Mm -hmm. And... Um, you know, just to, to sidetrack, uh, um, one of those days I come out, you know, going to work at Brooks Brothers, and there's about hundreds of people looking up, and I'm like, what's going on here? They can't all be tourists, you right. know? And it's this guy, George Willing, is scaling the World yes. Trade Center up <laughs> yes. 110 the stories. Yes. Was that the section cups? Well, excuse me? Was that the guy that scaled it with the suction cups? Correct, like yes. Yeah. You, know, you know, as you were saying that, you know, Officer Donahue, and you're bringing up, I remember, I, I, I shared before how my wife and I, we had visited um, New York. We were there for four days in July of 99. I remember it because it was when John F. Kennedy um, Jr. Yeah. Um, was killed in the plane crash. Um, and so um, I remember taking the subway and getting out of the so South Tower, shops down at the bottom, you know, the stores and stuff. And so, you know, I, I remembered it just once. You, as a New Yorker, Remembering when it was built, remember when the towers were being built, and then you know you see this attack and you see it happening. You're you're at you know your house. You listen to it on radio. Some you're this close to anybody I've ever known that's been there. So what did you do then? Like well, after let's do you, this. You, let's okay. do this. Let's 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 ask ask that question coming up next. We'll oh, be we talking with Frank Donahue. He's an officer with the Nixon Police Department now, but retired from New York Police Department. He was there on nine eleven. We're going to find out what his story was after he turned on the television. He was due to do another detail that day for the election and yet now he realizes that something's going on we're going to find out that story coming up next right here on wake up springfield welcome back we're talking to frank donahue who was at 9-11 with the new york police department detective you you said that you turn on the tv you saw the second plane hit the shock and all is is beginning to to set in this is happening you were supposed to go do election detail that day however things change what what did how did you get what what happened next well, I I was still stunned. I didn't know what my next move should be. Right. They're not calling you in yet. No, they're not. And okay. they're not about to either. There's too much mayhem that like it just didn't wasn't logical to right. expect a phone call. But um I wound up going to the thirteenth precinct, which is um Gramercy Park area of Manhattan. So it's north of where the trade centers were, northeast mm -hmm. of it. And um, that's protocol. You go to your nearest precinct if a catastrophe happens, and that's what I did, and I went there. And um, I wound up going up. They have a, um, it's like a sub-headquarters for the detective division. So I, I went up there, and it's just getting flooded in with people just coming in, uh, detectives and, and uh, supervisors like sergeants and above and and it's just mayhem what's going on and 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 then they wind up putting me on a roster like a sergeant calls me over and he puts down a list of names of about eight of us uh, are you guys are going to go down to uh, to the area and you're going to go to the hospital there um, Beekman town downtown hospital and it's changed to it's NYU hospital downtown hospital now but anyway uh go there anybody coming in 
interview them, any bodies coming in, identify them, you know, because nobody's really sure what needs to be done, but right, we'll try to do something that will make sense later on, hopefully. And that's what we did. We went down there, but nobody was coming in except some firemen with, um, you know, some minor injuries. Um, unfortunately, you know, they, they took a heavy, heavy hit. Three, I think it was 353 firemen got killed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and uh-huh. that's just still amazes me to this day how many of those guys, you know, perished on that day. And anyway, um, and what was happening, anybody that was there when it was happening either got killed or got out of there as quick as possible. I mean, because when we passed the Brooklyn Bridge, people were just scurrying away um, over the Brooklyn Bridge, getting as far away as possible. Because you didn't know. You didn't know if we we're going to get if we yeah. if it was over yet or not. You know, you thought yeah. we're still under yeah. attack. I don't mm-hmm. know. Like uh, just to backtrack a bit, I got a phone call from my brother Kevin, who worked in the Wall Street area, which is where the trade centers were, and you know. I, I said, I don't know, I think it's probably over by now. Um, and he says, I don't know, I'm hearing jets flying up above where I'm working, you know. And I'm saying, well, maybe it's not, but those are probably our jets, you know, uh, yeah. being deployed to the area. So, Officer Donahue, what do you, what's the mindset of those police officers? Again, you just said, you don't know. Are they, we didn't know if there's more planes coming, if there's more attacks. It could have been more targets in, the, in, in New York. How do you do your job in the midst of that? You're running towards the chaos when everybody else is trying to escape. Yeah, well, you, you know, it's just you kind of training takes over and you just, you know, I wasn't making the main decisions. There were, you know, supervisors telling me where I needed to go and all. But um, I didn't see the worst of it. You know, like I when I got down there, it was after the towers collapsed. Um, so uh, guys I work with that were working a day shift. They went there when the plane hit, the first plane, and then the second plane. And, you know, I remember the one uh, guy I worked with, this guy Bobby Myers, telling me about how the, the horrors he was seeing, people jump into their deaths mm. because that was a better option. You know, it was just, um, yeah. I couldn't imagine having to see that part of it. And he did, and he said, I said, wow, that's, you know, uh, I hope you, you know, you, you talk to somebody about this because... You know, and he's, I'll be all right, you know, but, you know, he told me he was having nightmares, you know, and uh, this was, you know, a while after it all happened, but a few days later or whatever. I think all of us remember the images of the jumpers. Yeah. And, you know, Cash shared about um, the museum that they have, just the room with the jumpers in. Um, Don's member seeing them, he said before that was just, you know, one of the most vivid memories. And I don't want to speak for anyone here. I I know for myself. I remember seeing it and just seeing people jump and you're just going, is this really happening? And there's two of them that I remember specifically. Um, I remember one, a guy jumped and he was just twirling and just, you know, head over heels. And then I remember one lady jumping. I think she had on a pink outfit, I want to say, but I remember her clutching her purse and just thinking that's the better option. Um, I, I just can't imagine that. And then, to be a police officer, like you know, you have friends that experienced that and saw that. Man, the, the horrors of nine eleven, you know, mm. and you know, we said we'll never forget. So, Frank, what was what was um? So after you kind of realized that, you said you got down there maybe after the towers had fallen. 
what was what was it like after that? I know there's a lot of search and rescue going on, and even to the point where like you've got to go to work the next day. Like you're gonna have to go home and get some rest, and then come back. How does that? How did that change everything for the next week or so for your life? Um. Well, I remember going home around midnight that mm-hmm. night, and um, I sort of felt guilty about going home because nothing was settled at that point, you know. But yeah. I had, you know, they just said you guys. Go home, uh, come back in the morning, and mm-hmm. um, and, and that's what we did. And um, like it, it just was nothing we ever could have prepared for. We've done a lot of training before that, you know, and and always, you know, even like for for uh, terrorist attacks, but we just never imagined anything of that magnitude to happen. So uh, it, it we just like I remember working with. Um, my, my partner, this this guy, um, Steve George, and um, we just put on our jackets. Like, we weren't playing clothes because we were detectives, but they, they wanted us to, you know, wear something identifiable. So we had our NYPD raid jackets, as mm-hmm. they call it. Mm-hmm. And we just started going through the area of, of Ground Zero, seeing if we could find anybody, see anything, find any bodies, and... And everything was just buried, and, and and you know it was flooded with other people too. And it was like no perimeter really set up. As as the days went on, it got more organized. The perimeter got wider and wider, yeah. and a more restricted area of ground zero and all. So um, we we just kind of went around. And, and here's the thing that just really struck me is like I was so familiar with that area growing up. And to be there after all, because it was just mountains of rubble yeah. throughout, f- filling in all the side streets and all, and it just totally changed the landscape. And I was kind of, you know, you're kind of lost as to where, where am I, what street am I on, you wow. know? And it was... Um, so, so, Officer, did you know anyone that, that died? Yeah, I, kn- I knew quite a few people. Um, there were um, cops I knew that got killed. There were mm-hmm. firemen that... I knew that got killed. The civilians I knew right. that got killed. Uh, one of them in particular was a guy I worked in narcotics with. His name was Sergio Villanueva. And Sergio was uh, an undercover cop in narcotics. Like in narcotics, you have your undercovers and investigators. I was an investigator. Like Sergio would make the buy, and then we'd swoop in, arrest the sellers, and do the investigation and try to, you know, see if we go up higher and, you know, get get the supplier and you know kind of that's the way that worked and and sergio was a a smooth charismatic guy um he was he was a real ladies man and he 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 was a great undercover because he knew how to talk you know he could he could be us like nobody could and you know he 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 was really good at what he did but he eventually um became a fireman and that's kind of a national, uh, a natural progression. Uh, you'll see a lot of the fire department have ex-cops on it. It usually doesn't go the other way, like firemen becoming mm-hmm. cops. It's usually because they had the hours they could, you know, uh, especially if they had a business, which Sergio had. So um, they're able to yeah. tailor their uh, he business did, he around didn't it. Make it huh? So let me just yeah. ask, I, I just got one other question. we got about 30, 30 seconds. seconds. Tell us what this day means to you. Well, it's it's always um, a, a, an important day in my life now because it changed the way I look at life in general. I probably wouldn't be living here in Missouri if it wasn't for what happened on that day. Uh, only because I say that because I 
uh, after Shannon, my daughter was born, and you know, um, it was a year and a half later we moved. We moved away. Yeah, I retired, and I, we moved away. But I, I, I loved New York, and I hated to leave it. But I always so thought, like maybe we're going to get hit again, you know. Yeah. And I didn't, wasn't feeling so safe. 